Great. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to Holy Trinity. It's uh, lovely to see you all. I have to say it's particularly good to see so many members of UEACU here. I wasn't expecting to see any of you. Uh, they've been away in a very cold Latin hall over the last uh, couple of days on their house party. So perhaps they thought they'd come here to warm up, but then they realised it's rather cold as well. Never mind. Let's pray, shall we, as we look at those uh, verses together over the next few moments. Uh, the writer encourages us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Uh, Lord Jesus, that's what we want to do uh, this evening. We want to see you more clearly, uh, that we may love you more dearly and follow you more nearly. So help me as I speak and help us as we listen uh, to do that, we pray. Amen. Well, they say, don't they, that pride uh, comes before a fall. Well, let me share a time when that was uh, true for me. Uh, a few years ago, I was invited by some friends uh, to take part in a triathlon. Uh, at the time, I was considerably fitter than I am now. Uh, I was playing squash kind of most weeks. I played rugby most weeks. I you know, was fairly active, uh, and I thought this would, this would be pretty good. I, I'd probably do quite, quite well in it. I was reasonably fit, uh, something I'd never done before. I thought it'd be quite fun. Uh, I didn't do any training whatsoever. I just turned up, had my swimming trunks and my bike and my running shoes and thought that, that would be fine, basically. Uh, it started really, really well. Uh, did the swim. Did all right. I wasn't first, but I wasn't last either. I was kind of doing okay. I you know, put, some, put some, uh, some energy into it. Uh, got onto my bike and started uh, ahead thinking that I was going to catch everyone up. Uh, about two-thirds of the way into the bike ride, I seized up with cramp. I couldn't walk. I had to be helped back to the uh, starting line, rather humiliatingly. And uh, I had DNF, did not finish, uh, next to my name. Uh, it all started so well. <laughs> uh, if only I'd listened to the advice of my friends who told me what to expect and uh, what training to do, I might well have finished well as well, but I didn't. Well, the writer to the Hebrews in the passage that we've just uh, had read is writing to, to a group of Christians who have done just that. They've started well. They've started following Jesus. They're, they're running at the race. But life has got harder. They've realized that it's not quite as easy as they thought it was going to be. Uh, life's got harder. Pressures have increased. And they're tempted to give up and to fall away. They may be beginning to wonder whether it's really worth it, whether this is really uh, all worth the effort that it's costing them. Uh, I want to focus uh, this evening on those first uh, three verses. I looked at this, uh, this uh, reading this week and thought there was more than enough for us in the first three verses, so I'm just going to focus on that this evening. So we'll have to wait for the, the rest of it at a, another time. But it seems to me that in the first three verses of our passage... Uh, the writer gives them and us four pieces of advice, which if we follow them, uh, will help us not to give up and to finish well. And I want to look at them uh, with you this evening. Let's uh, listen in, shall we? And the first one is this. He encourages us to remember those who have gone before us. Remember those who have gone before us. There's a picture there. Uh, you'll know uh, that uh, I'm a big cricket fan. I've been to Lords in London, which is the home of cricket, on numerous occasions. I've never had the, uh, the distinction of playing there, uh, however. But one of the most famous features of Lords in the pavilion is uh, the, uh, the, the long room. 
Uh, the long room is this kind of huge room in the pavilion, which is filled with all the kind of mementos and, uh, and, uh, of, uh, of famous cricketers uh, in, uh, in past, uh, past years. Uh, and as the players go out onto the fields, you, you have to go through the long room to get out onto uh, the pitch. And you can see that, Sachin Tendulkar, I think that's his last game at Lords. He was a great Indian batsman, walking through. And you can see all the kind of mementos on the wall and, the, and, and all the MCC members kind of cheering you on. Uh, I don't think you could fail to be inspired as you walked uh, through that. Maybe it's uh, for you, if you're not a cricket fan, think about Wimbledon and Centre Court. You know, you walk past the honours board, don't you? Think of all the people who have uh, trod uh, where you've been treading. And then the famous Kipling quote across the, uh, across the doorframe as you, as you go in. Well, chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, unsurprisingly, comes straight after chapter 11. Uh, and chapter 11 is, is effectively like the long room of the Bible, or the Westminster Abbey, if you want to uh, use a non-sporting analogy. Uh, the writer lays before us uh, a whole astonishing roll call of heroes of faith. Uh, they're men and women who have endured. Uh, those of whom, uh, verse 38, the world was not worthy. Uh, you can read it through at your leisure. Some of those names I'm sure that you will recognise and you'll know the stories. Uh, there'll be plenty of others uh, there that I'm sure you don't really know. Some of them we don't even uh, know their names at all. But it doesn't really matter. The thing that matters is that all of them contended for the faith and finished the race. And it's this, this gallery of heroes, this, this long room to which the writer is referring to when he speaks of this great cloud of witnesses. So he says, therefore, doesn't he? And when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you're always to ask what it's there for. Sorry, it's a corny preacher's joke, but it's true. If it's therefore, it was pointing you to something else. And in this case, it's pointing us back to chapter 11. This great cloud of witnesses uh, that surrounds us as Christians. Well, I think it's tempting when we uh, sort of see that to, to think of them as somehow kind of like a crowd who are kind of watching out on us from kind of a heavenly uh, state grandstand or something like that who are sort of cheering us on. I've definitely heard sermons which have, uh, have sort of implied that. I have to say, having studied this passage this week, I don't think that is actually true. <laughs> I don't think that the writer here is thinking of witnesses in the same way as, say, spectators. Uh, he's, he's not thinking of it like that. Uh, what he means when he says witnesses, he means those who, who, who testify or witness to something. So if you were in a courtroom and you called a witness uh, to, to, testif- to give testimony, it's not so much that they have seen something, well, they may well have done, of course, but it's the, uh, the strength of their evidence. It's that they're, they're testifying or witnessing to truth. And the writer is, is, is pointing us to these heroes because their lives are a testimony. Uh, They testify to the power of the gospel. They testify. They are an encouragement to those who are still running to keep going and to finish well. It's a bit like he's saying, look, here's a roll call of, of these people. If they've done it, so can you. If they've done it, so can you. Keep going. Look at them. Look at their example. Be encouraged. Being a Christian is not a free pass 
to a life of ease and comfort. I'm sorry if you think it is, and I'm sorry if that's uh, blown your illusions out of the water. I don't imagine you could be a Christian for very long without uh, having your illusions rather blown. Uh, It's not a free pass to an easy life. In fact, quite often for for lots of people, actually, it's it's the opposite. Uh, Jesus promised us, didn't he, that in this world you will have many troubles. And all of us, I'm sure, can testify to the fact that uh, that is true. And the writer is saying much the same thing here. He's saying that the the life has always been difficult for God's people. Uh, Whether you're Abraham, whether you're Moses, uh, whoever you are, whether you're Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, doesn't matter. Uh, Life is going to be difficult. And yet we can take heart. Because just as saints of old have uh, known that life has been difficult, they've known trouble, they've experienced a difficult life, and yet they've uh, kept going, they've finished well, Uh, so can we. We're not alone. We're not the first ones to have run this race. Others have run before us. Well, how do we remember those who have gone before us? It's all very well reading about them here. Uh, How do we do that practically? Well, I suppose there's a number of ways, aren't there? Uh, Maybe it's good sometimes to recall the examples of Christians that we've known. They may well be Christians who are still living, in fact. I can think of Christians who've had a a huge impact on me. I think of, you know, a minister I uh, was uh, sat under at university who encouraged me. Uh, I can think of friends. I can think of family members. Uh, Perhaps more widely, it's a great incentive for us to be reading Christian history and Christian biography. Uh, I love reading Christian biographies. Uh, It's so good to, to read the lives of those who've gone before us. Uh, you realise that uh, so often the, the things that we uh, experience, others have experienced as well. And it's a wonderful encouragement. Uh, I was thinking just as I, I walked in, there's another way actually at Holy Trinity that we're very blessed. We can remember those who've gone before us. We have lots of little plaques, don't we, around our uh, church, uh, church building. Uh, probably many of you have never really looked at them. But let me encourage you after the service, if you have a moment, to, to go, and, go and look at them. They are a great testimony to those in our church family who have run the race faithfully before us. Uh, There's a great one just on the the wall, just uh, up there by the stairs. Uh, uh, I think that's Holy Trinity's longest-serving rector. He did 34 years as rector of Holy Trinity. That is a life sentence, isn't it, I think? (laughs) Uh, 34 years. And I think what it says there is he was a faithful minister of Christ. That is remembering those who have gone before us faithfully testifying to the good news of Jesus. Uh, there's another one just over there. I think uh, it recalls Trinity's first rector, who, when he was here at Holy Trinity, he lost three daughters in the space of a month to scarlet fever. I think I've got that right. Imagine that, three daughters to scarlet fever. And yet the plaque records how he uh, was faithful to the gospel and was remembered for his, uh, his faithfulness. Uh, lots of encouragement around us. Uh, we are to remember those who have gone before us. Uh, and be encouraged. They've run before us, and we can keep running as well. Great, that's the first thing. Remember who's gone before us. What's the second thing? The second thing is this. Remove what hinders. Remove what hinders us. Uh, if uh, you, uh, you want to be an athlete who is successful, uh, you will know that uh, you, you have to have self-discipline and, uh, and hard work. Uh, self-denial that's involved. Uh, I was reading just, uh, just the other week uh, an interview with Laura Trotz and Jason Kenney. You remember them from the Olympics, their track uh, cycling stars. Uh, and they were just sort of giving an insight into, into sort of the, 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 the journey that they took 
uh, to, to be uh, Olympic uh, winners. Uh, lots of self-discipline, uh, lots of self-denial. Uh, famously from another generation, Daley Thompson used to boast that he, uh, he trained on Christmas Day, uh, didn't he? That sort of sense of dedication and, uh, and wanting to, to, to win. Those of you who don't know Daley Thompson is going to look it up on the Wikipedia. Uh, more recently, I was thinking uh, think about Sir Dave Brailsford and Team Sky. They've been in the news for the wrong kind of reasons recently, haven't they? But Dave Brailsford is very famous for what he calls marginal gains. You know, the importance of, of, of focusing on the details uh, in order to, uh, to be successful and anything to increase the chances of success. Well, the writer tells us that if we're to finish the Christian race well, then we need to be similarly disciplined. Don't we? He encourages us. Uh, Verse 1 again. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. It's a a picture of of an athlete sort of getting rid of excess weight or or baggage, you know, kind of stripping off the track seats, making sure that the shoes are done up. Uh, Nothing to hinder the performance. Uh, Friends, we can't afford to let anything get in the way of following Jesus Christ. And there are two things, aren't there, in particular, that he highlights that we need to get rid of. Uh, The first is uh, anything that hinders us, or I think more literally, the Greek translates it as as a weight. Something that weighs us down. Something that burdens us. Uh, What he's talking about is anything, even if it's something that, that, that might be good, that weighs us down spiritually. So it might be, for example, a friendship. Uh, that uh, you know always ends up leading you walking down wrong paths. You know, you see somebody, you get chatting, uh, and you always end up doing things that really uh, you know that you shouldn't do. Uh, It might be a a habit, for example, that perhaps in other people wouldn't be a problem. But for you, it's become a stumbling block. Uh, Something that that, that is a hindrance to you. It it may be completely harmless to other people, but you know that to, to you, it's a hindrance. And if that's something you can identify, we must be prepared, uh, the writer says, to get rid of it. Uh, Secondly, he tells us, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Uh, All of us will have particular sins, as Jonathan was talking about at the start of our service, particular sins that that always seem to trip us up. Uh, Previous generations of Christians used to call them besetting sins. Those sins that always seem to kind of trip you up. You don't seem to be able to get rid of them. Uh, Always areas where the devil knows that he can successfully uh, attack us. Uh, So for some of us, it it might be a tendency to be envious of other people, envious of their achievements or uh, things like that. Uh, For some of us, it it might be laziness, perhaps. Uh, For others, it it may be lust, who knows. Uh, Whatever it is, though, we are to be absolutely ruthless in removing it, throwing it off, the sin that so easily entangles us. Uh, One of the uh, famous Puritans of a few centuries ago used to say this, be killing sin, lest it be killing you. Be killing sin, lest it be killing you. It's an echo of the words of the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Remember Jesus' words, Mark chapter 9. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed with two, than with two hands to enter into hell. We are to be ruthless in getting rid of sin that we know in our lives. We know that's not easy, is it? 
uh, the temptation is always to, uh, to just put it off, to leave it for another day, to sort of just put it down to our genes or to our school, schooling or uh, just to our situation, uh, just to be comfortable in our sin. But the more we leave it, the more it grows. And the harder it gets to remove it. And of course, the further away from the Lord uh, we go. We ask to be ruthless. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. We want nothing to trip us up in following hard after Jesus Christ. Uh, not so very long ago, I saw an advert, I think it was on television, uh, about uh, NHS cancer treatment. Uh, and it was a, I, th- I think it was an interview, I suppose, with a, with a man who had uh, regretting that he hadn't gone to the doctor earlier about a lump that had turned out to be uh, cancerous. And by the time he did, it was, of course, uh, too late. Uh, it's a tragic story. It was, it was a hard-hitting advert. It did, it did the, the, the trick in that sense. But what's true medically is also true spiritually. If we notice that there's a lump, if we notice that there's something in us that is, is growing in our hearts, that's hard, that's cancerous, deal with it, get rid of it as soon as we can. I wonder how you would answer the question. Uh, what are the weights and the sins that are so easily entangling you uh, this evening? I wonder what, how you would answer that question. Uh, maybe if you're struggling to answer it, why not consider this question? Uh, if I were the devil, what would I use to attack me? Where would I attack myself? I'm sure that would help you uh, find an answer. Uh, if you've identified them, then may I ask you, what are you going to do to get rid of them? could be a various, uh, maybe various uh, things that you need to do. It, it might be getting serious about accountability. Maybe it's joining a small group and being accountable to someone. Maybe it's having a prayer triplet, uh, something like that. Uh, maybe about getting serious about time with God. Uh, for so many people, uh, one of the, the, the best antidotes to sin, or at least I've found this in my life, is being serious about having spending time with God and, uh, and in his word and in prayer. But whatever it is, let's remove the hindrances. Uh, we've had, uh, uh, remembering those who've gone before us, we've had uh, removing hindrances. What's our third one uh, this evening? Well, the third one is this. We're called to run with perseverance. Again, uh, verse 1, the writer tells us, let us run with perseverance, the race marks out for us. Well, thinking back to uh, that story I told at the start about uh, the triathlon I failed to finish, I, I think when I, when I look back at it, uh, part of the problem, yes, was I wasn't as fit as I thought I was. But the other problem was I didn't pace myself at all either. I'd never done one before. I had absolutely no idea of what the distances were really involved or what it was like uh, to do something like that. I went off all guns blazing at the start, uh, and then I kind of hit a wall because I didn't have enough energy and I hadn't fueled up properly. Uh, If I'd only remembered that there was still quite a long way to go, I may well have finished it. Uh, Who knows? But the writer of the Hebrews is reminding us of a similar thing here, isn't he? Uh, He says that it's no use starting well, but then sort of fizzling out, uh, having DNF written by our name. Uh, We're in a race that needs uh, plodding stickers, if I can put it like that, uh, not flashy sprinters. It's it's Mo Farah, not not Usain Bolt here. Uh, We're talking about a distance race. It's a cliche, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. We need to run with perseverance, the race that is marked out 
for us. Uh, the race that's marked out for us will, will look very different for each of us. Uh, some of us it will be rather twisty. Some of us it will be uh, seeming like it's mostly um, uphill. But whatever it looks like, we can be sure of two things. It will be long and it will be difficult. There will be times when we will want to give up and it will be hard work. And if we're going to finish the course or the race that we have had set out for us, then we will need to persevere. Uh, the word that uh, the writer uses here for perseverance has been defined in, in several different ways. Let me share a few with you. Uh, one dictionary defines it as this. Uh, the ability to bear up courageously under suffering. That would have been particularly appropriate, I think, for the Hebrews, suffering uh, under persecution. The ability to bear up courageously under suffering. Another writer defines it like this. He, he says it's that determination, unhasting, unresting, unhurrying and underlaying, which goes steadily on and which refuses to be deflected. The idea of carrying on, persevering. Uh, perseverance is, is quite a theme in the book of Hebrews. It's, it's mentioned in several different places. Uh, just before this chapter, it's uh, mentioned in uh, chapter 10, verse 36. The writer encourages us uh, with these words. Uh, he says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Uh, we need to persevere because it's only through persevering that we will win the prize. We will receive the outcome uh, that God has promised for us. Again, it's a theme of the scriptures as a whole, in fact. Uh, think of Revelation chapter 2. Uh, Be faithful and I will give you the crown of life. It's through perseverance that we complete the course, we win the race. Well, I was reading this week of a great example of perseverance. Uh, a guy who I'd never heard of, who's called Bill uh, Broadhurst. Uh, Bill Broadhurst completed the uh, 1981 Pepsi Challenge 10K race. That might not sound like a particularly uh, great achievement to you. Some of you could probably run 10K if, uh, from, uh, without any training at all, I'd imagine. But for Bill Broadhurst, that was quite an achievement. Uh, he'd been paralysed early in his life by surgery, all down one side. Uh, he could just about hobble, uh, but couldn't really run at all. And every step was a challenge. Uh, and I'm told that as he approached the finish line, almost three hours after uh, beginning it, when some people had run it in about uh, 20 minutes or so, another man ran up apparently to meet him on the finish line and to give him a gold medal. And it was uh, a guy called Bill Rogers, who apparently is a marathon running legend. Uh, and he gave him his gold medal that he'd achieved for winning uh, that same race. Uh, Bill Broadhurst persevered, and he was rewarded. Uh, friends, we're not running for a medal, as it were. We're not running for a, for a, a, kind of a, a medal that you kind of hang around your neck. We're running for the joy of being with Jesus in his new creation, of receiving the crown of life. It will be hard. It's hard for some of you, I know, at the moment, in lots of different ways. It will be difficult. But one day when we look back, I can assure you it would have been worth it. Those things which uh, now seem to be gripping us, those things uh, which we're struggling with, one day we'll look back and we'll wonder what all the fuss was about. For the joy of being with Jesus and being in his presence. Uh, let's keep plodding. Keep going. Keep swimming. Uh, keep going towards the prize. Very lastly, the writer encourages us, run looking to Jesus 
run looking to Jesus. Let's read verse 2 and 3. He says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Uh, Well, I've never really done much running, but my friends who are runners tell me that it's a golden rule of running, that you're not supposed to look back at any point during your race. There are lots of examples on the internet of people who've looked back and then have uh, lost the race as someone's come steaming in uh, to, to steal it from them. Well, if it's a golden rule for runners that you shouldn't look back, I think it's a golden rule for Christians, isn't it, that we are to keep our eyes fixed firmly on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what the writer encourages us to do. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Uh, Consider him who endured such opposition. Uh, Why do we do that? He tells us, doesn't he? Verse 3. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Uh, We look to Jesus as our ultimate example of faithfulness. Well, why is Jesus our great example? What makes him worthy of our attention? Well, I think the writer gives us a number of reasons why in these verses. And let me draw out a few uh, for us to consider. Uh, Firstly, he says, we should focus on Jesus because he has suffered as a human being like us. Do you notice how how human it is that the writer describes? He says, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Uh, He could have described him by his title, Christ. But I think he's doing something deliberate here. He's using Jesus' sort of human name, as it were, his his kind of given name. He's emphasising that Jesus was one of us. Yes, he he was God, he was fully God, does not take anything away from his divinity, but at the same time, friends, he was fully human as well. Uh, He knew the pain and the trouble of living in a broken world. He still knows. Uh, He is the man of sorrows, the scriptures call him. He, He knew a life of pain and hardship. Uh, And we look to him because Jesus knows what it's like. He sympathises with our weaknesses. He is our great uh, high priest. He sympathises with our weaknesses and he gives us grace to help us uh, in time of need. Uh, We look to one who knows what it's like to run uh, the life uh, that's been set before us. Uh, Secondly, he goes on. He says we should focus on Jesus because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Uh, The whole life of the Lord Jesus was lived in perfect conformity, perfect obedience uh, to his heavenly Father. Uh, He satisfied the demands of the law on our behalf. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Uh, He chose us in him before the creation of the world. He is the one to whom we credit uh, our faith. And he will bring to perfection all those who have trusted in his uh, saving work. Uh, Remember uh, when Paul writes to the Philippians, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. This is why. Because Jesus is our author and our perfecter. Uh, We know that the race that we run is not in vain. We're not uh, running it uh, for no purpose. We're running it because the Lord Jesus Christ has guaranteed the outcome by his death and by his resurrection. If we were running in our own strength, in our own efforts, then, then, then we would fail. We know that that's true. 
But it's because Jesus has run it before us, because he lived it perfectly, he endures, he went to the cross on our behalf. Uh, It's because of what he has done, uh, rather than what we have done, that guarantees uh, the success of the race. He's our author and our perfecter. Uh, Thirdly, the writer says we should focus on Jesus because he is our ascended Lord. And how wonderfully does he describe him here, doesn't he? He says, having finished his work, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, where he lives to intercede for us. The Lord Jesus has uh, gone up into heaven. He sat at the right hand of the Father. He is uh, interceding for us uh, on our behalf. And one day, he will return again in his majesty. And every eye will see him for who he really is, the Lord of glory. At the moment, yes, he is uh, at the Father's right hand. One day, he will be enthroned in majesty. And however hard life might be, it will all be forgotten when we see Jesus in all his radiance, in all his glory. Uh, A former pastor of mine uh, used to have a saying. He used to say, uh, for every look within, take ten looks at him. (laughs) Bit cheesy, but it's worth repeating, isn't it? For every look within, take ten looks at him. I think we might go further than that. We could say for every look within, take a hundred looks at him. Because if we're always looking at ourselves, then we will always be discouraged or we will be puffed up. We'll be discouraged if we're having a bad day and we'll look at ourselves and think, well, I'm making a rotten job of this. Uh, I'm uh, such a sinner. How can God ever possibly love somebody like me? If we're having quite a good day, we'll look at our lives and think, well, I'm I'm quite good, actually. Uh, God's got quite a good one when he chose me. Neither is particularly uh, helpful. Uh, Focusing on Jesus, focusing on his work for us on the cross, which guarantees our salvation, Uh, focusing on his promises that we can trust, Uh, focusing on his love for us. He knows us and he loves us and he cares for us. Uh, Focusing on all those things, that will stop us from growing weary or losing hearts. We can be encouraged when we look to the Lord Jesus. Well, will we reach the finish line? Will we flame out in a blaze of not glory, as it were? Well, these are the tips that the writer gives us, isn't it? Remember those who've gone before us. Be ruthless with sin and weights. Run with perseverance and run looking to the Lord Jesus. May the Lord give us grace to run that we may obtain the crown of life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for these verses. We thank you for your uh, glorious work on our behalf. And we do pray that you would give us grace to run that we may obtain the crown of life. We pray that we would indeed throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Help us to be aware of what that is and what we need to do. Above all, we pray that we would run looking to you, uh, looking for the hope of glory which is yet to come. Uh, We pray that we would consider you, that we may not grow weary and lose hearts. Help us, we pray, this week to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Amen.